This episode of Date Night is supported by ED Wine Company. If you're located in the GTA, Hamilton, Kitchener, or Guelph, you need to check out ED Wine Company. Sommelier Elizabeth Davies curates four wines for you and delivers them right to your door. Each bottle comes hand-wrapped with tasting notes about what you're sipping. It's an approachable way to explore the world of wine and helps you learn a thing or two along the way. Check them out on Instagram at edwineco and go to edwine.ca to sign up for either a monthly delivery like Shane and I get or just a single wine package, whatever works best for you. When you sign up, make sure to use the promo code thisfamilytree10 to get 10% off. Again, that's edwine.ca and thisfamilytree10. But Alex. Yeah, Shane? Date night must begin. Let's do it. Hello, everybody. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane. We're at the cottage. And getting real cozy. So snuggle up and enjoy another date date night night together. (laughs) Well, what do you think? Was it supposed to be funny or cool, or what was the vibe you were going for with that one? I think just cheesy date night. No, that was good. All right. All right. Well, Shane, let's get into it. So every week, Shane and I crack open a new bottle of red that we get from our ED Wine subscription, and we try to guess the tasting notes and see if we come anywhere close to the tasting notes that were provided from the sommelier. So Elizabeth Davies. Yes. Okay. I'm just going to stick my nose in here. All right. While you're sticking your nose in that, I'm just going to let everybody know. So we are drinking Atma Red 2018. This one is not available in stores, and it is from Greece. We were watching Sideways yesterday, Shane. Are you really oxygenating it they showed a good example of that uh, no i'm not and getting your nose in there too i'm getting my nose in there though paul giamatti really got his nose in there yeah it's harder for me my nose is a little larger so you'd think it'd be easier no to get in the glass it's harder yeah, well, he has that little style on nose does he try do this no it's harder because you're getting your upper lip in there too don't get put it above your lip just let's just drink it okay <laughs> <laughs> okay it's nice yeah, I'm going to say, what See, do I, I think of the tannins? I like commenting on tannins. I love this one. Okay, it's not oaky. It's no. not leathery. To me, I'm tasting plummy. I get plummy. Okay, so I'm saying plums for sure. I'm going to say it's average tannins and higher acidity. Thoughts? Okay, so I want to say cherry because we find cherries in a lot of wines, but it's not tart like a cherry raspberry. Is that like that mm. level of tartness? I could, I, I'd believe if there was raspberry. All right. I'm going to read the tasting notes that we got from Elizabeth Davies. Check out this blend from Greece. Not only is it a blend of grapes, 50% Mandelaria, it's a blend of regions, Nausa and Santorini. The Xenomavro is the most planted grape in Nausa. Okay, Shane, get this. It brings raspberry. Oh, no, you were right. Yes. And plum. Oh, I was right. That's crazy. Anise, tobacco, elevated tannin, and acidity to the party. The Mandalaria has been sourced from Santorini in this case. You sound like the mom in Schitt's Creek. The Mandalaria. <laughs> the Mandalaria. It contributes deep pigmented color, vibrant fruit, red currant, and blueberry. And it looks kind of blueberry-y, doesn't it? It like does, the color? Yes. This would be a good wine to pair with rich flavored foods. Something with spicy sausage as an ingredient would be a good option. Ribs would be another. Yummy. Yummy, yummy. I, I wish know. we ate good food tonight. Do you have heartburn yet from that dinner? No, I do find that to be our most disgusting date night dinner we've eaten. No. <laughs> we are up at the cottage. The restaurants are a little different out here. And I did not enjoy that date night meal. No, you know, I enjoyed the chicken parm. I did. I don't get me started. Alex. I did. You have what's called toxic positivity. 
Get out of here. You do. I, when I can com- say I enjoyed it if I enjoyed it, you dingus. There's no way anyone could enjoy that chicken parmesan. And just to describe it to the people, when you think of chicken parmesan, you think it's a can't-miss meal. It's a guaranteed <laughs> home run. It's chicken with marinara sauce on it, cheese. It's delicious, right? This chicken parmesan we got, it was no red sauce. No red sauce. Barely any white sauce. But the white sauce that was on it was glued like inside of onions and it was apparently sweet. sugary and sweet. So before I even bite into it, it just doesn't look appetizing. So you're like, mmm, this is good. It's actually <laughs> it's actually sweet. You see, I liked it. You have a quality where anytime you spend money on something, you cannot admit that it was a waste of money or not worth it at the time. So whether it's clothing, anything, the second you've bought it, you'll be like, oh, this is great. But then once a few days have passed, you can admit that it's no longer great. Look, yeah. I'm I'm not going to order it again. All right. But okay. I agree with you. You're coming to terms. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm not going to order it again. But I enjoyed it for what it was tonight. I honestly did. And I'll eat the leftovers tomorrow. You have to eat them because no one else will. I will eat them. And I bet Lucy will eat them and enjoy them. Lucy just likes butter on plain noodles. <laughs> I don't think she's eating sweet onions on top of a disgusting chicken parm white sauce. Okay, so we got we got a chicken parm to share, and then we got a massive appetizer platter that should like feed a baseball team. So what was your favorite thing on the appetizer platter? The ribs were edible, but there was cheese pierogies that are very dry, mm-hmm. with, didn't provide sour cream. That's always a sign that it's a, not a great restaurant. Did you enjoy the samosa? It was fine. It was one of the better things on the dish. <laughs> like I would say the ribs were a six out of 10 and the samosa was a five, meaning it was edible, but on the line. The deep fried shrimp was okay. I don't, I'm not a seafood lover. I know. Well, you're missing out. But I would think anything deep fried has to be good, right? But of course. if there was any restaurants that could screw something like this up, I think it would be this one. Did you try a chicken wing? Yeah. How was it? Well, I'm not a fan of garlic chicken it was, wings. It was honey garlic? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's not my favorite wing flavor. But I'll, I will say this. Garlic bread with cheese, 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10? 8? It, w- it was good. <laughs> that's hilarious. My first piece, it was just, okay, here's the thing too. I had to drive 25 minutes out of town to pick up the food, drive 25 minutes home. So, I mean, it's sitting for a while by the time we're eating it. Anyhow, because of that time, my first piece of garlic bread was not good. The cheese was good, but it was hard to chew through. However, I ate a quarter of a piece that you had left over and it was amazing. So I don't know what was wrong with my first piece. It's just a- That's so strange. You dislike and are willing to admit you dislike the garlic bread, but you will stand by the chicken parm. I like the chicken parm. Strange. Come at me. But yeah. Congrats, Alex, on one year of COVID. You know what? I can't believe that it has. Well, no, I believe that we made it through, but just a whole year has passed. And like, I don't want to sound too much like a stoner, but just time, man. Like it freaking flies. And in that time, like we have, you know, turned our podcast into something bigger. We had a baby. We are now the parents of two kids. That's huge. And we're working from home and we're still married and we're having fun still. And it's it's just wild the amount that has happened. Well, a year ago, I was supposed to go to a cottage with a friend. I booked off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I was going to be working on a play mm-hmm. that uh, we were selling tickets to that was actually about my life and my friend's life. 
And n- not only were you selling, you sold tickets to it. Yeah, I sold 50 tickets to this play. It was a, it was like a two-man play. <laughs> it was actually, we were t- on the last date night, we were talking about my wedding speech. So this whole play came about because a person who attended my wedding saw my wedding speech and said, we have to make your life into a play. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. And this was when we were going to begin writing it and i know it's weird because i'm saying we sold tickets we actually sold tickets before we had written the play and you tell me not to push the cart before the horse or whatever the phrase this was this person i was just going (laughs) along for the ride and he had already sold tickets can we say this person's name yeah his name's jared diggs he's a former pod guest hamilton legend hamilton legend and he also he has the jared diggs annual christmas fundraiser which always sells out so people were buying tickets based on his reputation as being such a great showman for this charity event that he runs Mm -hmm. in hamilton so no one knew they were actually buying tickets for a two-man play based on me and his life (laughs) it was actually pretty funny too like the opening scene since it was about our life we thought it would be funny if it opened with a couple meeting at a bar right for the first time and they hit it off and there's some snappy dialogue from like the 50s or something, or maybe the 60s. And then the the couple ends up having sex. On stage? Yeah, on stage. Actually. I think it goes, it dips to black. Oh. And then it, and then it's like, uh, uh, like, you know. Don't make those noises. Okay, it's sex noises. You know how they are, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, judging you've, by what you were making, I don't know. You've heard me moaning. And then it was going to go, nine months later. And then the lights were going to turn on. It was going to be a woman with her legs open, like going, mm, mm, like, you know, you know, the birth- same noises. Yeah, bir- <laughs> but birthing noises this time. And then it was me being born. And there was also like going to be a uh, J.R. Diggs was going to be being born. And this whole play was about our life from the moments our parents met to the rest of our lives. And it was, it was obviously a comedy, but we were really excited about it. And you and I had actually sold a pilot to Crave, which was, we were going to shoot that pilot and hopefully it was going to be developed into a TV show. And that got kaput and we ended up putting all of our eggs into this basket, the basket that is this Family Tree podcast. I'm not upset about it. Are you upset about not being an award-winning Tony playwright? No, that, that was just going to be one really great night. But this has been a bunch of... I was going to say a bunch of great nights, but we've had some hellish nights doing this podcast where it's just the the juice didn't seem worth the squeeze. But ultimately, this has been a wonderful experience. You, you and I have gotten to know each other a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I thought I knew you pretty well, but then, you know, we started the podcast and I'm like, whoa. Yeah, but I think the juice is definitely worth the squeeze. Well, you don't edit the podcast. So for you, would definitely you show up, you look nice. Yeah, and you but I got jokes. And giggle some jokes. I'm kidding. I'm giggling too. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, on the nights that we record, I, like we always have a good time. I think there was like a chunk of one month where we were in a rut and it was real hard. And aside from that, though, it's always just a blast. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, I'm only laughing because Alex and I know that tonight, the night she's saying <laughs> doing the podcast is a blast, we actually got in a little bit of a tiff. A tiff. Wh- well, we're re-recording the <laughs> podcast because we got in a, a tiff. Is that the word? A tiff? No, we got in a tiff. Yeah, for sure. And uh, now we're re-recording on our date Be- night. Because we didn't like the vibe. And the tiff was infringing on the vibe of the pod. Well, there's a whole... A whole and, and well, let me just say, 
and okay first and foremost it's date night tonight it's it's yes. not a work night we turned it into a work night because we like doing the pod and yeah. it added something positive to date night all right but it was lots tonight of tonight it was a negative and the reason is okay we're at the cottage we're at alex's parents cottage and they're nice enough to let us come up anytime we want it's the family cottage i'm part of the family i spilled wine tonight we first we had a horrible meal yeah horrible meal then i spilled wine on this is like a sacred couch well, I it's just, it's brand new. Yeah. So it wasn't a lot of wine. It was like a couple of speckles. It was freaking a quarter of the bottle. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. But the, the, a lot of the quarter of the bottle went on the, the wood floor. Yeah. But yeah. speckles went on the couch. Yeah. But I, I'm just saying like a part of my anger is Your dad towards, listens to the pod. We need to downplay. What I'm saying is okay. just, I loved the bottle that we opened tonight. Like yeah. Elizabeth Davies threw a good one in there and a quarter of it ended up on the floor. Yeah. So we ended up having this very tense date night pod and I stopped it. I was just like, yo, we need to reset, have another drink and uh, let's do it with a happier attitude, which we have now. But yeah, the pod has been a joy and I'm so glad we got to do this during the pandemic. Like there was anything to do. The best thing to do is this, a podcast with your partner. Yeah. Have a baby, shoot a baby out of the shoot, and do a podcast. Yes. But Shane, what did you think of my Aperol Spritz? Okay. We finished our wine that we typically, if this was a normal date night, we'd still be drinking our glass of wine. But since we had this hiccup, Hiccup. we, we paused the pod. Alex made a delicious Aperol Spritz, which I love. And we drank that whole Aperol Spritz, and it was delicious. <laughs> okay, so the reason Alex is the reason Alex is laughing is because when we tried to record our original pod, our date night pod, I had said I did not like Aperol spritzes, which really set Alex into a tailspin spiral of depression. No, because I was super excited to make this drink for you. I, I had know. driven 40 freaking minutes Shane into town just to get the damn Aperol. And then I, I was like I asked you to do that. Don't you dare say that. And then there was this whole like, I was trying to be happy and I was like, hey, babe, like, don't worry about the wine that spilled. You ruined the vacation. You ruined my parents' cottage. But I'm going to make us a nice Aperol spritz and we're going to reset. And then your response on air, which we are not airing, was, I hate an Aperol spritz. I hate Aperol spritz. I was trying to be (laughs) funny. I was trying to do like, oh, to add insult to injury, I don't even like Aperol spritz. Turns out I don't like Negronis, and I like Aperol spritzes. They're both orange-ish, so I guess that's where you got confused, but I forgive you. But shall we begin my questioning, my series of questions that I ask you? Okay, begin. I was going to open with a dare. Do it. Okay. I I had shotgun a beer, but I don't think you'd want to do that right now. So I will switch it to... Can you rec- act like you're doing an ad read? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, our normal podcast, yeah, yeah. we have ad reads. But for this podcast. Can I shotgun a beer instead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Alex has gone to the fridge. Will she grab a Guinness or, oh, I think she has a Mill Street Organic. Now, these aren't beers that we have purchased Oh, she went back and got Jake. Her brother Jake likes McClay's. Now, it's a Scottish beer. She ha- I didn't want to shotgun the Mill Street Organic because that's more of a sipping beer. So I'll shotgun the McClay's. Okay, so... Do we go outside? Do you bring the mic outside yeah, somehow? Yeah, yeah. 
Now, we typically reserve shotgunning for Friday nights with our pizza, but this is a special dare edition of date night. Alex is putting on her winter boots. Yeah, so it's not too cold at all. <gasps> oh, my finger went all the way in there. Here, baby, I'm gonna put this there. Astrovia mofo! How was it, Alex? Well, it made me feel alive. That made me feel very bloated and very alive. Bloated Thank you already. For the dare. Just instant bloating. And Shane, it's from the dinner we had. Are you kidding me? That, the shotgun, the the McClays, and also my period's coming any second now. So well, you bloat up like crazy the week before and during your period. Now I have a question about periods. But the way you get them, they're more like exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you steal that from? Alex, you, you didn't, I've used that before on you. You didn't know that? <laughs> this is the beauty of having a wife who's a little absent-minded. You can reuse jokes. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. But I was going to ask, and I'm serious about this. I'm not trying to be Who that. made up that joke? I think I did. I, I swear I swear to you. That's not like a Sebastian Maniscalco thing? No, I've never heard it used before. All right, I like I'm, it. In fact, I'm going to Google it at some point to see if I can find it online. But Copyright I am, it. I'm almost 100% positive that's my joke. But can you feel a period coming out? Is it like peeing? No, no. So it just it's, it's unbeknownst to you, you could be having it right now and not know it. Well, you notice because just say you felt... It's like if you got a cut on your knee and you didn't realize your cut, but you felt the blood pouring down, right? Mm -hmm. So you'd feel the blood okay. on your skin after it came. But out. there's no sensation, no. whether it be okay. Because Shane, I mean, it's coming. So just a little anatomy lesson, like it's coming out of your vagina, and there's no force pushing it out, right? Oh, I wasn't sure if there was. No, no, no. It's just it's literally the lining of your uterus is being shed because it hasn't been implanted with. An egg. Mm -hmm. So are you wearing special underwear no, or like, yet. so you're just free bond. So we've already spilled wine on this couch <laughs> and now you're just, <laughs> it doesn't, here's the other thing, babe. It doesn't, I can't believe you don't know this. It doesn't just like spill out like you're spilling a drink. My goodness. No, but it, it could come out enough where it could go through your pants, couldn't it? Not, yeah, but not at the beginning like this. It starts slow and then gets heavy and then goes slow again. Okay, next question. Do you feel like a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush? Bird in the hand. Okay, I, I prefer two in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> next question. What book has impacted you the most? <laughs> okay, now you're... Here's what's funny for me now. Okay, we've already recorded this question. Alex had a book instantly ready. We've gone over this answer, and now she's pretending like she's really no, because I'm trying to rethink this whole thing, Shane. Okay. Okay. All right, I have an opportunity to rethink this because now, did I take the wrong route the first time? Where's Waldo was a decent choice. <laughs> no, now I'm thinking, and okay, bear with me. The Bible. The Bible had a huge impact on my life because... You've read the entire Bible. No, but a lot of it, like, I... John 3.16 mainly, right? 
Okay, I'm not an Instagram influencer like that, but... No, that's Stone Cold Steve Austin's thing, isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. And there's Lebowski, 360, well, they change up the numbers. But anyhow, I think the Bible, and the only reason I'm saying that is because I was raised as Catholic, I am a Catholic, and I mean, that has helped shape a lot of... <laughs> the shotgun's kicking in. <laughs> Helped, no, but no, shaped. No, but it shaped, it shaped a lot of my life. And I think that if we're talking about practical impact and real life impact, I would say that if I think impact on my, you know, life as an adult and my philosophy as an adult and things like that, I might say the alchemist. And I also like Harry Potter and I, I will not minimize the impact that that had on me either. No, I wouldn't ask you to. For me, it would be uh, Choose Your Own Adventure. I loved growing up. <laughs> goosebumps ones? I don't know. They weren't Goosebumps. Were they? Are you afraid of the dark? Like there was no, like no, one of, totally but different. one of those things had a Choose Your Own Adventure, and they were always fun. No, the books I liked were just Choose Your Own Adventure. They weren't part of the Goosebumps series. Oh, okay. Because you could finish a Choose Your Own Adventure in literally reading t- ten pages. Just and go could, home. So don't talk to the ghost. When I was growing up, there were. Um, like not book re- yeah book reports mm-hmm. yeah you could do a book report but you could read the book in like i don't know 20 minutes and then we used to have this competition with how many books you could read in a year if they're choose your own adventure i would just pick the path that was more likely to lead to peril and i could finish it quicker so people would be like shane read like 180 books this year <laughs> 180 choose your own adventures. But they were choose your own adventures, you know? So I could seem very intelligent. But in all seriousness, nowadays, I would say it would be The Tipping Point mm. by Malcolm Gladwell was a very influential book for me. It's a it, good one. It, it was my Bible, not to get sacrilegious, but <laughs> it really was. Like Tipping Point, Outliers, David versus Goliath, all of them I loved. But The Tipping Point was my introduction to all those books. Same well, with Chuck Klosterman's books, actually. What is your favorite book? So not the one that necessarily impacted you the most, but the one that you just enjoyed reading the most. Okay, it was a fiction book. We talked about this on the previous recording, but it was called This All Happened. Mm-hmm. And it was just a slice of life book about a, uh, a group of friends in their early 30s, and they're just living life in, I believe, PEI. Really? It, Canadian? Yeah. Oh, wow. But it's a very cool book, and it just made me want to be in my early 30s. What's the luckiest thing that ever happened to you? The luckiest? Ooh, recently, okay, I found $100 bills. Well, a $100 bills? bill. <laughs> you might want to call the police. <laughs> in a briefcase, Shane, we're so lucky. No, in I was walking to my parents' house from our house like six months ago, and there was a $100 bill just sitting on the side of the street. And I grabbed it. I looked around. Nobody was around. Like, absolutely nobody. And I pocketed it and walked home. I was like, Shane, we're rich. Yeah, that was. it's so rare to find a $100 bill. Like, yeah. that's a good one. What was the luckiest thing that ever happened to you? Okay, so about five years ago when we had just started dating. It was meeting me? No. No, that was. That, no, I'll give it to you. That, that was lucky. That was perfect timing. Kismet and all that. Is it Kismet or Kismet? Kismet. Kismet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was great. But <laughs> I, I started the Mike How Much podcast, and I was so third banana. It was Mike Veerman was the host. Max Kerman from Markells was the co-host. And I was a guy who came on at the end. However, I had this tattoo, this Sailor Jerry tattoo, which is a, 
a Hawaiian woman doing the hula dance and I, I have her on my arm. But Sailor Jerry wanted to sponsor the podcast, but only, they had to choose which member of the podcast could go to Hawaii, fly first class to Hawaii for three nights, four days, and just have this amazing experience. And they had to document it, like document it via the Much Music Instagram account, which had a million followers. And they would also write a little bit of blog. So they had to say, okay, Max the rock star, Mike Veerman the host, or Shane who has a Sailor Jerry tattoo. They're like, ah, <laughs> we like that Shane has tattoos. So they chose me to go. That was wild. And I felt so guilty because it like they were Max and Mike at the time, especially were doing me a favor, just having me on the <laughs> podcast. So for me to get this once in a lifetime experience really made me feel guilty so much so that I wanted to bring you on the trip, <laughs> but I didn't want to tell the guys. Well, I was going to say, I feel just as lucky as you probably did. Yeah. So we snuck you on the trip. It's totally covert. Yeah. Because I just felt like it would be rubbing it in everyone else's faces. I got really paranoid and neurotic about it. <laughs> Sorry. When he says a little paranoid and neurotic about it, I have to make it clear. He was losing sleep, clammy, paranoid and neurotic about it. We went to the drugstore before the trip. <laughs> because i'm like hey it's january i can get a little you know midwinter sun shane goes no you need good sunscreen you can't look tan at all and i was like uh okay so like, i grab a 15 he goes no higher grab like a 30 no no alex alex like you can't get a tan like i don't want to put his friendships in jeopardy his job in jeopardy you know what i mean if it was just a regular vacation i'd be like shut up shane but i don't want we found 100 it was it was essentially for babies and albinos. Yes. It was it was it was a hundred. It actually yeah. was a hundred sunscreen. I didn't even know it existed, but we had to find it because I couldn't have you looking tanned at all. And we had to keep the illusion that you were at this cottage where we're recording from right now. So we had recorded a bunch of Instagram videos. Pre recorded. <laughs> pre recorded Instagram videos for you to deploy while I was on the trip to make it seem like you were at a different spot than me. That was so, I don't think I have ever gone to such great lengths to conceal anything in my life. And I didn't even tell the Sailor Jerry people that I had brought my wife along. So the entire trip, I told actually one guy. You told the guy that was leading it. Because I, I met him yes. on the very first night that we were there. We had a drink with him. Yes. And then he... He ended up taking you on a motorcycle. Yeah, trip. so it was hilarious because his girlfriend was the one leading the tour for you yeah, guys. Yeah, the Sailor Jerry people are kind of bikery, by the way. Very bikery. Like motorcycles. So, you know, this guy, like he was the only one in the group that knew I was there. And Shane didn't bring me around again until the very last day. But we'll get to that. But this guy is like, oh, like Alex is hanging around the hotel all day. Like, you know, meanwhile, I'm like on the beach at the hotel. I'm doing work for Shane. Like I'm having a ball. But... They were, you guys were all going to the North Beach the one day. Yes. So That's then, where the big waves are for the surf. Yeah. So I don't know whose idea it was. If it was his girlfriend's idea to be like, oh, like help out Alex, get her out of here for a bit. Or if it was his idea. But he was like, hey, like I'm going to go on a bit of a motorcycle tour around the island. Do you want to come with me? Shane and I feel the exact same way about motorcycles. Shane, if you want to say how we feel. We don't like them. We hate them. Because we feel like they're death traps. They are. So 
I'm like, okay, you know, this is the only time I might go on a motorcycle in my life. If I'm going to go on a motorcycle with anybody, it's this guy who literally looks like he's from Easy Rider and was born oh, on a motorcycle. A handlebar mustache, like long hair, long hair, tattoos all over his body. Yeah. And he was just like, he was sturdy looking, you know, he was sturdy looking. So, and here's the other thing. I, I saw his bike. And it wasn't a crotch rocket. Like, it wasn't one of those bikes that people do tricks on. It was like you sit low and the handlebars are yeah, up high. It was high. a classic Harley. Yeah. It, it was, was easy rider. So bike. cool. So I was like, sure. We barely talk. We, we met once, me and this guy. And he's not much of a talker as it is. Super like, shy. <laughs> really quiet. So. And he would let an awkward pause linger. <laughs> so I get on his bike. Shane sees me off. I kiss Shane and this guy drives me away into the sunrise because it was the morning on this bike. I mean, we were traveling for two hours, like just to get where we're going. Guy doesn't say a word. I think at one point he said, you smell that air? I was like, "Mm, yeah, it's nice. (laughs) (laughs) But imagine he was weird and he was like, smell my hair. You're like, what? Maybe that's what he did say. The wind was uh, blocking me from hearing that. But no, and it was funny because we ended up like we went to this awesome little spot on North Beach and there were all these like cool food trucks and we had poke together. But did you talk while you were eating? Well, here's the thing. He wouldn't say a damn thing. So I was talking his ear off and trying to force him into conversation by asking him pointed questions that he would have to answer. Would he engage? Yes, he'd answer. But then he wouldn't really follow up with any other discourse. So I... It was really funny, but then on the way home, uh, he decided not to go the scenic route, which is the way we took there. Like we went all along the ocean. It was very beautiful. And he goes, think you're okay on the highway? And I was like, um, sure. And he goes, I need to get your shades first. You're going to get bugs in the eyes. So then we- <laughs> You said <laughs> shades, right? Yeah. <laughs> but this is also not his exact voice. But so we went, I had to buy sunglasses because he w- took me on a highway and it was a highway that is notoriously dangerous. Sorry, mom and dad. Uh, and we were going. Yeah, like, it's one of like the 20 highways from hell, they call them, right? But we were we were going. It's like the speed on this highway was like 200. Like people go like 200 on it. Wow. It was insanity. It was insanity. I was terrified. I was terrified the whole time I was going to die. I was going to disappoint my parents. And you were going to have a ruined trip and no more wife. That did a lot of damage to your butt, didn't it? Because it when. when butt. When I was like, how was the trip? You're like, my butt hurts. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, Aaron. <laughs> no, it was awful. Cause I, I was just not used to riding. And I went in shorts, which mm-hmm. is probably not smart. And honestly, it was so hard. Like, were you? I mean, I know you were having a blast on your own. So maybe you didn't think about it at all. But during the day at all, were you like, I wonder like how that's going? Yeah, I was scared. I was like, okay, the odds of something fatal happening are low, but still, all things considered, it's fairly high because riding a motorcycle is so dangerous. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely on my mind. I wouldn't like obviously let you ever do anything like that again. <laughs> I wouldn't do anything like but that. Yeah. I wouldn't let you do that. Oh my God. I would never, if you were to get on a bike, I would have not let you. I would say no. But I remember, uh, so no one on the trip knew that I was with my, like, were we we were, yeah, no, we were married. We were married? Mm-hmm. Oh, so no one on the trip knew I was with a wife or a girlfriend or anything. No one even knew I had a girlfriend because it was all representatives from different parts of the world. Yeah. So there was a guy from Russia, Germany, 
the United States. Portugal, your best buddy. Portugal, my best friend that I, I met there, Sergey. But a part of the trip was we had to go on little learning things about uh, Sailor, where Sailor Jerry's was made, uh, the ta that tattoo shop, which was in Hawaii, and Sailor Jerry's associated with tattoo. So at, at nighttime, we'd obviously do some drinking and partying, go to karaoke bars, whatever. I come back one night with all the guys, all the journalists, and Alex stumbles in the elevator. You're back from my own party. You know, and she's all, you know, blonde and looking nice. I was excited to be in Hawaii and make friends. So I threw on a short skirt and a little crop top and made lots of friends and had a great time. So men were buying you drinks, essentially. Yes. So at the end of the night, Alex stumbles into the elevator to come to our room. But these guys don't know that Alex is staying with me. So you come in and you're a little, you know, you've had a, a beer or two. And just happy to see you because that was you're perfect happy happenstance. So you just put your arm around me and start kissing me. And maybe there's a little <laughs> like tongue. And they're like, whoa, Shane is like a ladies man. He just... <laughs> instantly pulled this babe and then we get to our floor and i'm like hey i signal like hey come with me and then uh, you're like okay and we walk <laughs> out and i like turn back and wink at the guys and i'm like <laughs> the biggest legend on this trip i've only known these guys for like 48 hours but they think i am the man which i am obviously not in real life and then those those beliefs were shattered i guess on the very last day we were there when you finally took me to a public event so the last day of the trip aaron the motorcycle guy with the handlebar mustache <laughs> he's like okay the last day of the trip we are going to this like absolutely baller mansion there's going to be a masseuse there there's going to be someone making I don't know, the like Hawaiian... crowns out of yeah. leaves teaching hula dances you're going to have a personal bartender there's a hot tub there's a pool it's like uh, the most amazing house in the world he's like bring your wife trust me it's cool so shane and i get in this cab there's like two other guys with us and they're kind of looking at shane like oh who's this he goes, well, it's my wife. And they're just blown away. They're like, hold on, your wife's been here the entire time? Like, and you didn't and say anything? Well, like, why Why didn't you introduce us, you dummy? Well, I didn't want... <laughs> they say that. And I was like, I was thinking about it. But then you, everyone thought I was so cool for picking, <laughs> picking up this woman. I didn't really want to bring it up. So it was like a lie that shouldn't have been a lie for as long as it was. And then everyone was you know in some ways people were relieved the guys that i didn't have that pickup game mm. that they're like oh this makes sense now and then <laughs> he's not a guy and it was just it was just so fun uh that we, the cat was out of the bag and you could actually relax for the first time even though it was like literally the last few hours of the trip you know it was a blast though so it was this mansion on the side of a mountain overlooking the ocean and like shane said there was a masseuse there was a bartender there was like food being served there was people teaching us how to hula and making us like crowns and making us lays and it was one of the most beautiful experiences and it was just like it was so memorable it was so nice yeah we were both lucky for that one more question okay yeah so recently you did the ultimate prank on me mm. Uh, which is you told me I had a spider on my back. I lost my mind. You freaked but, out. Yeah. If anyone's listened to the last podcast, they know what I'm talking about. But if you haven't heard it yet, go back in here. It's at the mark 11 minutes and 17 seconds. Shane freaks out and it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Alex pulled the ultimate prank on me. There's it's super embarrassing. I, it's hard for me to even show my face anymore on this, on this podcast. To even talk, <laughs> it's hard. But what are your phobias? Do you have any? 
No, I wouldn't like a spider on me. Is that a phobia though? I don't have any phobias. Like I'm not like deathly scared. If I had told you a spider was on your back, how would you have reacted? <laughs> like I start shaking furiously. Like I was a, a time that's notable. And I think I brought it up to you before. Like I was gardening at my parents' house. My parents used to hire me as uh, their gardener in the summers Yeah. Uh, for like six years. They did this. Like, what does that pay? 15 an hour. That's pretty good. What do you? What is the main role of the gardener? I garden. What do you think? I don't know what gardening entails. What do you do? I don't know. I freaking dig holes for flowers. Okay. All right. How many hours does that take? I don't know. Depending on how much I want to do. If I want to do two in one day, I do two. If I want to do eight in one day, I do eight. Eight hours in a day? Yeah, I would never do eight, but like maybe five. Yeah, and then I just it's good money clock my hours and tell my parents and they'd pay and they me. They trusted you. Yeah, I wasn't gonna lie to them. Wow. Why would I? Like, well, I, I'm already getting $15 an hour. I'm just saying, my allowance used to be one loony a week. Yeah, this wasn't as a kid, though. This was as, like, an adult. I was 30, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, I did I did this for my parents when I was, like, I'd say maybe from, like, grade 11 until I was, like, 28, honestly. I loved doing it. It was, like, the best summer job. So, what's the question again? <laughs> I've forgotten the question. I <laughs> <laughs> oh phobias phobias yeah so there was one time and i was gardening i was standing on a rock in front of the whole street a spider crawled on my shorts and obviously i'm like well i don't want it to get stuck anywhere so i pulled down my shorts basically mooned everybody on the street and like you know screaming and doing a dance but yeah i i hate rats i guess i hate rats interesting conclusion of that story <laughs> No, but any of the creepy crawlies. Like, I I've been in a lot of situations with spiders. Like, I was once, so I used to work overseas. So I was teaching in Costa Rica. So every night, there was just, like, it kind of built up. And there'd be, like, one, like, freaky thing in my room every night that would somehow get in there. Like, one night, there was, like, a little garter snake in my room. But Costa Rica has lots of poisonous things, right? So the garter snake didn't really bother me because that just kind of slithered away. Then, you know, I got used to the, they have flying cockroaches in Costa Rica, Yeah. but they're really big. I find the cockroaches in North America freakier because they're small and they can like get in places and it's like, oh, it's on me and you don't know where it is. The ones in Costa Rica are like, I'm trying to show Shane how big they are, but they're, you know, if one is on you, you know, so there's no, they're not crawling in any crevices. But I have really bad eyesight. And one night I'm sitting there and playing a game. It was similar to Candy Crush on my iPad at nighttime. And I just, I kind of look up on my ceiling and I just see a big brown spot. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like, well, what's that? And then I put on my glasses. It was a tarantula. Ah. There was a tarantula oh my above God. my bed. <laughs> I don't know. Like, would that bite me? I'm not sure. Probably not. Yeah, they're killer, I think. They're not killer. Yes, I, they are. I don't think they are. I'm looking it up. I don't think they kill people. Okay. Anyhow, so I freak out. I am in like a bra and undies, basically, and I sprint to the lobby of the hotel, and they have to come and take the tarantula away. And, you know, what does it say, Shane? Tarantulas give some people the creeps because of their large, hairy bodies and legs, but these spiders are harmless to humans. Except for a painful bite. <laughs> and their mild venom is weaker than a typical bee's. Wow. Mm. Wow. Wow. So should I let have, have let him stay in there to maybe eat the other creepy crawlies that were grosser? And at least he was so big that I could see him properly. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like he's not like a snake that's going to 
hide underneath my bed. Like I could see this guy. So spiders is your answer? No, rats. Rats are the grossest thing in the world. If there was a rat here, I would probably break down and start crying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. This has been date night. I admittedly a weirder one. I agree. And Shane, for what it's worth, this night turned out all right. Oh, wow. It might be the shotgun talking. Yeah, it probably is. I'm, I'm feeling real happy again. All right. Bye, everybody. Take care.